Hi, and welcome back to the Canby Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Castle. My passion is to inspire you to be everything you want to be, big or small. What is it that you want to be? We'll talk about it and figure out how to be that. But let me ask you a question. Have you ever found yourself in a career that you just don't even like anymore? I mean, you liked it at one time, but now you feel stuck because you've spent so much time and money already. You feel stuck because maybe it's all you it's all you know. It's what you have a education doing. It's all the experience that you have. Or maybe you feel sp- stuck because it's what people expected of you. But you dread Mondays. You don't even want to go to work. And when you are at work, you're daydreaming about doing and being other places. You loved it at one time, but you don't anymore. Or are you working for a company that you just, you're just not clicking with and you can't understand why? You just can't quite figure it out. They're not a disrespectful company or they're not a bad company. It's not filled with bad people, but just for some reason, it doesn't feel right. Those are two conversations that we're going to have today. And Angie Callen, the founder of Career Benders Inc., has got some answers and ideas and suggestions for you. She knows how you feel. She's felt that way before. And I can't wait for her to share with you what she's learned and is now sharing with others. So let's get started today on today's episode as we share how you can be it all and how you make big or little changes to make that happen. Please welcome Angie. So Angie, I am so thrilled to have you here. I feel like kindred spirits. I mean, like, I think we're soul sisters. We're going to be soul sisters when this is all. We're going to be. We're going to be. So I know that you met with a friend of mine, Stacy Wright, who was like, oh, Michelle, you have got to meet Angie. You guys are just so aligned. Y'all are working on a lot of the same things. But um, so I go to your website and I check it out. And yep, she's right. She's right. But I want to <laughs> know, um, like, explain what, I mean, where did this all begin for you? Why are you doing what you're doing? How did it, how did it start? Well, how long do we have? I'll give you the Reader's Digest version. Really, okay. it started, I think, if, and, and a lot of what I'm about to tell you is like the hindsight and, ref, and, and what I now know of reflecting over just mm-hmm. my own career and my own pers- mm-hmm. kind of personal growth journey. Mm-hmm. But I, I think it all really started when it hadn't started yet. And that was when mm-hmm. I uh, chose my first career path going into college as an 18-year-old, not having a clue what I wanted to be. Um, you know, I grew up in a, in a pretty, I would say conservative area of, I grew up in Southwestern Pennsylvania. It's a fairly conservative area, um, in, you know, graduated from school in 1999, which was before a lot of these career paths. And there was just so many options now that weren't available then that it was very much like that in a box baby boomer parent thing where it's like, go do one of these like five mainstream careers. And because my dad was my math teacher, the mainstream career I was channeled towards was engineering. So I uh, didn't have a clue what I wanted to do. And dad, my math teacher in high school says, and you're good at math science, go be an engineer. And so I do my and little bit of research. And I decide, what you want to be when you grow up. Exactly. I mean, are we, can we still answer that question? 
I'm on like career three or four, depending on how you count. And even though I coach people in careers, I don't think it would offend anybody for me to say, I still don't know how to answer that question. I don't think we should, especially now that there are so many options and so much more flexibility Mm -hmm. is available to us that wasn't in, you know, late nineties, early 2000s. So I, uh, I go to engineering school. I pick civil engineering because in my research, I discovered that it's the one that where you get to talk to people the most. Mm. And if anybody out there would like a small piece of career advice for their 18 year old, who's picking a civil engineering discipline, if you're choosing based on how much you get to talk to people, engineering is probably not your jam. (laughs) And, and I knew in college, it wasn't, it wasn't what I wanted to do. Um, I went to an expensive school. And so I didn't change my major. And I, I was an engineer for like seven or eight years until finally the, the recession the in, in, you know, 08 to 10 really killed that industry. And so I decided that was a great time to hang it up and go on just a really unplanned, non-strategic career change journey. And I just tried lots of random things. I ran an art gallery. I sold ads. I did all kinds of random stuff until I stumbled into the nonprofit sector and spent like seven years there, um, four and a half of which I was an executive director of this grassroots nonprofit. And this is where things started to click because ton of potential, nobody had tapped into it. And all of a sudden, Angie's lack of career uh, direction 15 years prior makes sense because it's because I'm too entrepreneurial to pick something. But all of that worked so well in this organization saw all this growth. And all of a sudden I started to grow through that experience as well. And just realized a lot of kind of my strengths and the gifts I had to offer. And, and really all of that culminated in being ready to have a business. And at that point, looking back on my career, I had always had a side hustle. I had always had something that lived in that world of wanting to help people be better versions of themselves. And finally I found a way to really manifest that in a much larger way. And in the beginning of 2018, I founded career benders and it, it really came out of knowing I wanted to start a business, the practical goal of knowing I wanted a low startup, low overhead business, and that I had a propensity for coaching and consulting. Mm-hmm. And when I came across the career specialty, which five years ago, I would say was emerging, but had not emerged. It just, I knew I had a very clear perspective. I had a voice to offer and I had my own experiences that could really, I think, drive successful client engagements there. So I just dove in head first and was like, okay, I guess I'll, I'll I'm going to build the plane while I'm flying it. And, uh, and I fake it. I faked it until I, I made it. And it's been the best thing I've ever done. You know, and and this is the can be podcast. And I think, you know, I named it that because I really believe that you can be whatever it is that you choose to be. And sometimes the hardest part is just making that choice. Now, I mean, there are times where I just want to be a happy person. Well, what does a happy person look like? And then how do I reverse engineer into how do I make sure that every day I wake up and, and wake up and I end the day? with gratefulness, you know, I mean, like, so, but I sit there and whenever you're talking about career changes, you just spend a lot of money on this degree and dad's a math teacher. You're an engineer. He's super proud of you. That had to be pretty darn gutsy for you go, you know, dad, I appreciate, but it's not for me. That had, that probably was not quite as easy as the reader digest version of that. Oh, you just hit the nail square on the head. And yes, that, that, especially because my parents are of a generation where 
it's really interesting. My parents are of a generation and I'm of that very, very strange age where I'm not really a Gen Xer and I'm not really a millennial. Mm-hmm. And combined with a little bit of like a conservative, um, you know, backwards upbringing where like I wasn't introduced to technology and we didn't have the internet until I was a senior in high school. Like all of that really pushes me towards Gen X. But it was really interesting because of all of that, at the same time, my parents instilled in me the idea that I could go be anything I wanted. I think that probably had some parameters to them. <laughs> and right. I, I've definitely pushed against not them. Seven it was not things. a very happy. Yeah. yeah, it was, it was not a good day when I basically said, Hey, mom and dad, I'm, I have an engineering degree from Carnegie Mellon. I'm not going to use anymore. Yeah. And it really took the time to, and, it, and this was a long period of time. This was not like a couple weeks. It was like a few years for me to really work through the process of mm-hmm. finding the foothold and finding the next phase for all of us to be okay with that decision and to realize, you know, how much more there was for me in, in life and career and in fulfillment mm-hmm. than if I had stayed in this, you know, track that wasn't developed for me. And in a way, Michelle, it all has come full circle because that engineering background actually does help me in my, Absolutely. in my career coaching career. Cause I specialize in working with technical professionals and that all like really linked things together. But early that's on. in hindsight. Um, but that's all in hindsight. And, you know, you said something else to me that, that really does like, is just like confirmation of the alignment. And I think that that's like, we have a, we have choice and I don't think we exercise that very often and often enough. Mm-hmm. Both in the fact that like we can choose to be happy. And I think most people choose not to be specifically. It's not that they're, that they're, if they're not choosing not to be happy, they're specifically choosing to not be happy. Right. And I, in hindsight, again, you know, looking back on those side hustles and that idea that we don't tap into our potential enough, I realize that we are way too accepting of mediocrity in this country, mm-hmm. particularly professionally, which perpetuates the choice to not be happy because we choose to stay in that place, either because we think we have to, we think there's no other option. We have golden handcuffs, all those limiting beliefs that we tell ourselves mm-hmm. keep us in a place of unhappiness. And that is a choice. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, whether it be a fear of failure or a fear of finances or a fear of, I mean, whatever it is, it is a choice. And some, it just, it, it, Breaks my heart when people feel like they don't have choices because they're having a choice. They're they're making the choice not to have a choice. And there's always options. Okay. Does it mean that you can go live a pipe dream career and still pay your mortgage and live the quality of life that you currently have? Perhaps not if you choose to prioritize the quality of life you have. However, I feel like there's always options to create the situation that you want for yourself, even Mm -hmm. if that means doing a passion project, you know, as a part-time job Mm -hmm. or, you know, everybody uses that term side hustle. I'm trying to not use it as much because I feel like it dilutes the effort into it, but you always have the choice to kind of like diversify where and how you spend your time in order to kind of like aggregate an overall level of higher satisfaction. Mm Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's the, it's the profit to passion. I mean, the, the passion to profit, you know, that's what I've been really focusing on. And I think I'm putting together some curriculum around that, you know, how do you turn passion into profit? Um, because there are a lot of folks, I think in the last couple of years that have learned that they do have more options and can diversify more than they ever thought possible, because guess what? They didn't have a choice. 
and they had to figure it out. And then once they figure it out, they're like, oh, huh, there's a whole nother world out here. And I think we're at a time and place in society that enables that more than it has, yeah. that is that enables that and is more accepting of that than it ever has been. The, the, the hotbed of entrepreneurship today and, and the possibilities around entrepreneurship today are way greater than they've ever been. Um, in career changes, people are way more accepting of alternative career backgrounds, sometimes even seeking of them. And so just the, the way that the professional world and society has evolved has just created a lot more opportunities, career chat, career tracks, and uh, options to take that choice to, yeah. to be more satisfied. You know, I've got a, uh, I've got four children and my youngest daughter, there's a 13 year gap. So the pressure that she always felt was I had to be as she, she felt like she needed to be as successful as her siblings. Well, what she wasn't taking into account is that her siblings had 13 years on her, 13 years of mistakes made and 13 years of choices and decisions. And what she was looking at is fast forward for them. But her biggest fear was I've got to be as successful as my as my siblings. And she didn't know what she wanted to do outside of school. And, you know, my whole point to her was it doesn't it just go do what you enjoy. Go find what you enjoy doing and adjust your lifestyle around that. Like success is not dollars in the bank. It is. I mean, it is just. Not that. And, um, but I think that once you have experienced success and you find yourself uncomfortable or just bored or not happy, I mean, like you're over it, then you think, well, I don't have a choice because I have these expenses. And so I'm just trapped. I can't, I, I just, I'm just going to have to suck it up and just keep on going. I'm sure you, we're really good at backing ourselves. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, we're really good at backing ourselves into a corner and then giving ourselves a laundry list of let's call them excuses. Mm-hmm. And I like to believe there's a way kind of out of that pigeonhole. But what I have found is you can really back yourself into that corner so much that it puts you into a mindset where you really have no hope yeah. that there is choice and options out there. And I think it's really important to kind of cut that off at the pass if you do see yourself spiraling downward or getting like too comfortable and too complacent, mm-hmm. um, all of a sudden you're going to look back and be like, whoa, you know, what's the, there's two things that came to mind based on a couple of things you just said. One is don't compare your beginning to somebody else's middle or end. And I feel like in society, we are really great. Thanks social media for um, you falling into the trap of comparison. But the other thing I would also say is that I completely lost my train of thought and we're going to move on to a new topic. <laughs> But I love that. Don't compare yourself to your, don't compare your beginning to someone else's middle or end. Um, God, you're right. We do that all the time. You know, even yes, if you, just, even if you just minimize it down to you're trying to build a, a, a brand and a business. And so you get, you know, you create a page on social and, and you're looking at your followers and your likes and your engagement and then your insights and all of that. And then you, all it takes is one little more finger scroll in whatever you were just feeling good about. Now, all of a sudden you feel bad about because we compare all the time. And, and, you and I think a lot of that's a false someone, sense of security. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Likes yeah. are not dollars in the bank. 
no, no, no. Um, yeah, all day long. So tell me a little bit. I know that you've got a couple of different um, tiers or groups that you coach. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, I think I have I have kind of like, I would say three specialties. Um, and a lot of it is rooted in that I really I really live in like the practical tactical world of coaching. Mm-hmm. I love inspiring people to go make choice and grow their careers and and design a life and career that they are really fulfilled by. Um, but for me, the inspiration is where we start. And so finding that kind of clarity and really moving through the process of achieving those outcomes. So in the in the employment world, you know, my two kind of my two specialties are working with like tech professionals and executives who are at that point of like wanting to level up, finding a role that's more meaningful, finding a company that's more aligned with them. You know, there's a lot of different goals that, or there's a lot of different motivations that can can come behind setting a goal and really understanding what your values are. Mm -hmm. And even just to like, you said, success isn't about money. To some Mm -hmm. people it is, I would say that they're unfortunate. The second thing I was going to say earlier was that like on, on your deathbed, and I'm sorry to go there, no, nobody I know ever I'm says, so glad you did because that's I am always thinking at the end of it all. Nobody ever says, damn it, I should have worked more. Right. And so that's where I think really knowing how you define success, how you define growth mm-hmm. are very important because then you can align your activities, align your career path, and align the companies that you work for to that. And that's really kind of where I live is helping people really identify that and then helping them achieve it through like the practical stuff of Mm-hmm. resumes and networking and interviewing and all of that stuff I say about 12,000 times that's a day. That's where the engineering degree comes in. That's that's the very methodical part of me that's just never going to go away. Um, yeah. But then the other, so we've got kind of, let's say that tech and exec kind of job search strategy. But mm-hmm. then the other, the other kind of, um, I would say side of that coin is that I have a, a unique perspective and a unique specialty in where entrepreneurship comes into your career path. So whether that is, I really have this passion project I want to start and can't figure out kind of how to get it off the ground or how I can make it work with my career, Mm -hmm. or I want to transition into entrepreneurship. That's really, really fun strategic stuff Mm -hmm. where kind of my love of business and my love of entrepreneurship combines with my experience in career coaching. And we get into some like really fun and exciting stuff on, and I've had people who have like, literally they'll email me like, I quit my job today. And now they paid for their business. And um, really exciting stuff there, but all of that comes back to the fact that we live in a in a time and place that allows us to do that stuff and kind of design all of that in the way that really works for us, our values, and our specific goals and way of life. Yep. So, what if someone is um, and you say values, and I'm I'm a I'm a real um, I think that that's really where it begins is knowing and understanding your values. What is your, I mean, what's your exercise worksheet uh, or, or, I mean, how do you get them to that place? I'm a big fan of the core values exercise. I've done it for myself. I've done it for my business. And if you're really lost and don't kind of know where to start on the next step of life, or you just feel out of sorts and overwhelmed and you're like, things are not working. It's a very, very kind of grounding exercise to go through. One of the things I like to do is you can go to the internet and I've got some links that I have some links that like I favor for this, but generally you can just go to Google and you can type in list of core values mm-hmm. and you can print out a list of 50, a hundred or 200 core values, mm-hmm. however big you want to make it. Mm-hmm. And you actually go through and you start weeding them out. It's really funny. Even from a career perspective, I'll talk to a lot of people who are like, I don't know what I want to do. I know a lot of what I don't want to do, 
but they don't necessarily know how to connect that and translate that into then the like the more proactive, productive aspect of what I want. Same with core values. Mm-hmm. Sit down and knock off the ones that you know aren't don't immediately resonate with you. And then you end up with a little collection of like two dozen that uh, some will overlap and you'll be like, okay, those are kind of a combination. And you can distill it down to like, I think six is a great number of core values. Six to seven. Yep. And then you can take that list and you just weed out what doesn't suit you. And then you have a smaller collection of core values. You're like, okay, all of these resonate, but which ones are kind of most important to me and you can prioritize them. And then all of a sudden you're looking at like these really impactful words that create this foundation for how you're going to conduct everything personally and professionally forever. What's always so interesting to me whenever I do core values and and one thing that I, I really pride it, at the time that I joined the mortgage company that I work for, Guild Mortgage, I had no idea how aligned we were. I just knew that it felt right. But when I when I went through my core value exercises, and, and Guild's got in in Guild not only just has their core values posted, it is integrated into all that we do. And when I look at my core values and I look at Guild's core values, they are so aligned. It's no wonder I feel like it's the perfect fit for me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, most people, most, most people in the mortgage industry don't typically stay at a mortgage company for very long. And I've been here for 11 years and won't ever go anywhere because we're so aligned. And I think that people underestimate, heck, some people have no idea what their core values are, and they certainly haven't looked up the, the companies, or some companies just have fancy words posted, but they don't really make business decisions or run their company based on core values. And I think that just knowing that makes such a big difference. And then deciding, you know, am I really aligned with this company based on our core values? And if not, go find something that some place that is. Hundred percent. So you mentioned Stacy earlier when she and I uh, recorded our episode of No More Mondays. Mm-hmm. We got onto this topic about how you don't listen. We don't listen to our gut enough, and there actually is a scientific proof that your gut is a better decision maker than your brain. Mm-hmm. And so, what happened in this moment for you when you found Guild Mortgage is your gut mm-hmm. told you it was aligned before your brain could connect the dots because that wasn't necessarily something that was on your radar. But it right. ended up all falling into place because you listened to that kind of like intuition that told you it was a right and a fitting place. So if I had a little piece of advice for everybody out there, it's like, you know, listen to your gut a little bit more and kind of get out of your head sometimes because we're really good at being in that like critical thinking, literal brain. And and it's very good at helping us perpetuate all the excuses that don't propel us forward sometimes. Now, that mm-hmm. said, you don't go through reckless, you know, forward with reckless abandon and right. not bring your brain into it. But I feel like sometimes we weight the brain a little heavier than maybe we should mm-hmm. um, for allowing us to just like go forward really with our authenticity and re- what we're meant to do with that kind of value aligned um, thought in the back of our, our heads. And what we've actually found through talking to a lot of people who have found specifically career satisfaction is it actually ends up almost always coming back to the values. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, you know, of course, back then when I was making a decision, it, I, I had, it's not, it, core values wasn't on my radar, didn't even, hadn't even heard the word before. It just felt right. And so to your point, anytime I've made those, it felt right decisions, it's always been right. And, you know, all, all things equal, 
Um, Money-wise, I would always trust my gut, but sometimes it's not as simple as that. Sometimes the head does start overriding because maybe the money is better somewhere else. And so, you know, your, your head and your gut and your gut are just, you know, um, so I'm, I'm sure you have those conversations plenty. Oh yes. I love negotiating offers, by the way. It's really fun. But just from a practical point of view, in my opinion, the numbers game, the benefits, all Mm -hmm. those very like practical, tangible Mm -hmm. pieces of a decision making process, they carry value. They do have weight. They're considerations. Mm -hmm. But if you are like stuck between a choice, that's when you stop and you say, okay, what's my intuition? What's my gut? What are, what am I feeling about this Mm -hmm. decision? Mm -hmm. And then that way you aren't just running towards necessarily the, the paycheck. Because mm-hmm. I've seen that fail many times. Oh, I've seen it. it work out. I've definitely seen it work out. However, I've probably seen the, I'm making the choice purely because I get more money decision, you know, mm-hmm. fall mm-hmm. flat a time or two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I imagine. So um, I, I to, to keep this brief so that, that the listeners don't tune out or get to their destination and don't get to finish, how would you like for us to end this so that people remember who you are, what you do, and how to find you? Is that the recorded question or is that, are we strategizing how to end this episode? No, no, for, no, for, 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 for real. real. Okay. This part. Sorry, but I, I mean, you, I, I mean, we know who you are, but I mean, really, how would you lo- really like to end it on a high note so that everybody knows? Um, I mean, this is, I, I really feel that this is, um, a conversation people need to have more of, but it's a new conversation. Not people, not everybody is used to really thinking that they do have choices. And just because you're in this career space, I, I talk a lot. I mean, we, we, I talk to a lot of folks, but we're not talking about career changes so much. And the thought of career changes is scary for people, but one that might even excite them. But I mean, where do you even begin if you're thinking that, you know, I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. This is not satisfying to me. And at the end of the day, if for some reason I'm sick and I can't, I can't do it anymore. Am I going to be happy with what I did with my life? I think that you, uh, you set it up perfectly for kind of how, you know, one of the things I love about the work I get to do is it really is about kind of inspiring our taglines, inspiring confident professionals. And it really is just that whether you want to have an average job where you get to come and go and have take no work home for you, or whether you're extremely driven and you want a 60 hour a week job, those are the kinds of things that like, we want to empower you to go after. And I think you bring up a really good point that we don't talk about this enough. And one of the things I love about the fact that career career coaching, which in my opinion is a specialty area of life coaching mm-hmm. I do too. It, it, that it has, that it has come, you know, risen to the surface so much is that I feel like it does enable people to have these conversations a little bit more. And I think that we discount, and I've said this, I've actually said this a million times, which is why I love that you kind of perfectly set me here to say like, mm-hmm. how do we want to leave this off? I, if I had to summarize it is, is that I don't think we have the conversation about how much our career impacts our overall well-being enough. You do work more than you do anything else. If you think about it, do you sleep eight or nine hours a night? Probably not. Mm -hmm. 35% of our lives are spent doing our vocation. 
Mm-hmm. And that has an enormous impact on your overall health, your overall well-being, your overall satisfaction, your quality of life, your relationships, mm-hmm. and every aspect of our lives is is impacted by this area that we tend to just forget about. People Absolutely. go to gyms for their fitness health. They have financial advisors for their finances and all, you know, go to church for your spiritual health. But but how often do we really say I'm going to invest in my career health and mm-hmm. whether that's money or time and reading and really thinking about what your goals are, knowing your core values, give mm-hmm. yourself the satisfaction and the value of the investment in the career aspect of your life, because you will be shocked at how much everything else falls into place and elevates and becomes happier. Mm-hmm. I love it. Because you're absolutely right. I mean, when I talk about mindset, I know people are thinking after work mindset or, you know, I'm going to go do the things that I enjoy doing after work. But what are you doing at work? Yeah. That satisfies all those things. So- and it doesn't it doesn't mean you have to. In my opinion, it doesn't mean your mindset has to be about work all the time. However, it is still a huge player it's, in it's your a overall chunk of your day. Absolutely. I mean, we were just talking about our calendars and a lot of my calendar is filled up with the uh, work hours. Absolutely. You know, so, um, big, 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 big chunk of our day. Um, so, yeah, my you- summary is my summary and my perspective in career coaching. And this is how I think is a good, just a good way to wrap it all up and leave it is that know and design and be intentional about the life that you want to have and then create and seek <laughs> out a career that fits within it. Instead of the other way around. Absolutely. That is a great way to end that. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. I'm going to wrap up and just give our, our, you know, last little moments reminding everybody, listen, seriously, you can be anything you want to be. You can think little, think big. It it doesn't matter. Just decide what it is. And when you know what it is that you want to do and be, you can reverse engineer into all the steps that you got to take to get there. And just remember the power of one. So every day, just work on one thing that gets you closer to where you want to be and you can do it. Um, it share, share the, this podcast with others. This is a great episode. I know, you know, somebody who would like to listen to this, who needs to listen to it. So please share it with them, leave a review, subscribe. So, you know, when the next one is posted, their uh, new episodes come out every Tuesday. And thank you so much for listening to the Canby podcast.